Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome to the Doc G Show. I'm your host, Doc G. With me is the man who just celebrated four years. Word. Four on the Doc G Show. Dave Burles Berlin. Woo! Yeah. Man. Yeah. What a run it's been, Doc. Yeah. Four great years. Mm-hmm. We just keep getting better and better. Nope. That's what... I feel like we do. I was about to say, that's you what know. me and you say. <laughs> no, Nobody else does, nope. but me and you say it. So, yes. Yes, correct. Correct. Four Whatever years. we think, it has to be true. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. fact. Four years, on, man. On this that's show. It's longer than, than I was at UNF. Mm-hmm. It's longer than I was at USA. It's longer than I was at FAU. All of them. Lo- longer, longer than you've been with your soon-to-be wife. Say what? Uh, correct. You know. Yep. I mean, I was doing Doc G so before. I was like, sorry, babe. You've been. This is what we do. You've been married to the show. That's right. Let's see. You're married to the married to the show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, Dave, I think we've established in those four years that. I'm weird. So true. Um, we're both a little weird. We're uh, you more than you more than me though. We're yes. all weird in <laughs> our own ways, you know. Everybody out there, yeah. we're a little bit weird. But I think we've established that sometimes I can go down rabbit holes. You know, uh, the listeners know that sometimes if I get a little bit of too You're much just such time, such a deep thinker. Yeah, if I get a little too much time. And last year around this time, we had quarantine thoughts. I think you remember. I had a little bit of quarantine yeah. thoughts. Yeah. Well, even though we've cleared up quarantine and, you know, we've got these new unmasking regulations, no mask, you know. Yeah. I, I haven't haven't really ventured out and partied yet. Nope. Which I'm sure that's mm-hmm. not really surprising to any listeners. But I haven't done that. No. Um, and I mentioned this because the other day, even though we're not in quarantine... I had some mm-hmm. quarantine thoughts. Word. Had, oh, like yeah. what? Yeah, well, I, well, I want to tell the listeners, mm-hmm. but uh, I'll go ahead and warn them as well. They're not that interesting. Nope. And uh, <laughs> and they have no business being on the radio. Nope. But then again, most of our show has no business being on the radio, but it right. is. Right. So true. So it should and fit we right keep in. keep on going. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, okay. Uh I'm going to give you a crash course right now in a completely pointless topic. And this was my, uh, this, these were my random musings the other day. So, the other day I was cooking some vegetables mm-hmm. in a pan. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't want them to stick to the pan. So, right. I reached for Pam. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Have you ever used Pam, Dave? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Everybody, most people have used Pam. And a as a canned alternative butter right, spray. Right. And I, and as I was spraying down the pan with the Pam, I started thinking, what the is this stuff? Right? Oh. Like I was oh. just like, what 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 what, what, what what am I using this for? Obviously, it helps things not stick to the pan. But but what the in this can, you know? And yeah. uh, so I started looking at the Pam can first, you know, just to read the label. And the first thing right. I noticed, I loved on the label, giant letters that said, natural and artificial flavoring. Huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> which, which, I mean, 
Some Doesn't, fake, some real. Doesn't doesn't that cover all flavoring? Couldn't couldn't you just say flavored? Like <laughs> I mean, there's natural and there's artificial. There's not like hybrids of the two. If you got both of them in there, let's just go with flavoring, Pam. How about that? How about that? Then before I even got to the ingredients, I was like, Pam, why is it called Pam? I was. I've always wondered that. Yeah, who's Pam? Hmm. Was she just was she just a boss back in the day, keeping things from sticking to pans? Were people in the forties like, hey, I had fish the other night and it totally, totally stuck to my pan. I had to scrape it out, and they're like, oh, you know what? Should probably talk to Pam. Yeah, Pam knows it. She'll straighten oh, yeah. that out. New yep. man, your fish won't be sticking to that pan ever. You'll be so good if you get with Pam. And they went to Pam and straightened it out. So I looked it up, and that's not it at all. <laughs> that is not it at all. In fact, all it is is an acronym. Blam. And oh. it's probably the worst acronym ever. Pam stands for Product of Author Myroff. Wait, what? Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. Doesn't even just, we still don't know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> up to this point. Yeah. Pam stands for product of author Myroff. What? Like I was saying, that's the best they could come up with in 1959. By the way, that's when Pam came out. 1959. 1959. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Like, surprised and, they even had spray cans then. Well, the more, even more amazing thing is, is that author Myroff the guy that made Pam, was in advertising. Wait, what? And that's what he, <laughs> he came up been, with. That's why he came up with this, because he's not very good at it. Product of Arthur Meyerhoff. And he's like, yeah, that's good. That'll be good. That's going to work. That's nice. Like, just imagine the, how popular. I mean, Pam is pretty popular already, of course. But just mm -hmm. imagine how popular it could have been if, it, if they would have gone with an awesome name like Magical pan lube. Hmm. Huh? Huh? Oh, man. Or maybe... That'd fly off the shelf. How about griddled Huh? Huh? Ew. Huh? Oh, Just God. <laughs> oh, too far. Just... Keep that, keep that in your quarantine thoughts. Okay. Okay. But I'm just saying. It'd be... Oh, man. It would be some hot, hot, hot stuff. Hot stuff. Now... I always thought Pam had something to do with the pan... Yeah, but, like a relation to Pan Pam, sort of yeah. like Step Brothers. Yeah, no. Yes. Didn't. Didn't. Didn't Stupid. at all. Stupid. Now, of course, Dave, when I was thinking about this and I was researching this, I got sidetracked. And I got sidetracked on what? Reviews. Of course, some folks had to rate and review Pam. Sweet. Now, now they aren't any Google, there aren't any Google reviews, but... There are 441 Amazon reviews of Pam. Oh, wow. Yeah, 441. I feel like you know what you're getting. Like, what, what do you have to rate? Yeah, well, exactly. Like, I mean, honestly, like, who is buying Pam? And it's like, you know what? I should review this. Yeah, people, people need, need, th people need, need this. to know. And, right. and uh, I, I got to say, when I looked at the reviews... Most mm -hmm. of them were good reviews. Yeah, they were a solid product. They, it was four point six stars. Yeah. that's yeah. a pretty solid. So I just want to—I want to give you two real quick that I. Okay. <laughs> so Bree, Bree came in with a super good review. She gave it five stars. 
Mm -hmm. And what I like, you know, Amazon has the title of their reviews. Her title was, <laughs> It's a Cooking Spray. Yes. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Bree. That is informative. Way to bring in the readers right there. Nice. Nice. Now, what she said is, quote, it does what it's supposed to do, plus more. Oh. Yeah. I use it to crisp panko under the broiler and spray it in my cat's litter box before I put the litter in. And it helps making cleaning up her mess a breeze. Ew. Boom. Oh, Boom. You hear that, listeners? Not only can you use it for your food, but also cat dumps. What a combo. What a combo. So nice. Then, here's here's my second one, Dave. This is this is actually coming from a, fe a fellow Dave. This is David M. Jordan. Uh, this can be a good one. David M. Jordan titled is surprisingly mediocre word and and i gotta say i i go with the mediocre but surprising like had people around david been building up pam to him like you're not gonna believe this stuff dave when yeah, you use this rock your world it's gonna be amazing like what did he think but he said quote i used the costco brand for a few years they quit handling it i went back to pam have to use a lot of it, and the eggs still stick to the pan. Boo. End quote. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Then he gave it three stars. What? What? So it, it, <laughs> it didn't work, and you have to use a lot of it, and you're like, yeah, it's still pretty good. We'll still give it a passing grade. I mean, that's a passing oh, grade. Goodness. What is that? Come on. Come on, David. Give it a one if you're going to go all in. Jeez, man. Yeah, if you're going to, like, crap on it, like, literally just, like, yeah. do as bad as you can. Yeah. Now, now I know what you're thinking, listeners. You're like, by God, how can I keep up with all things Pam? Yeah! Well, don't worry. They've got a banging Instagram page. Yeah. Pam has a banging Instagram yeah. page. Oh, my goodness. Now, sadly... It's it's not that banging because surprisingly it's one of the few Instagram pages that have less followers than the Doc G show and oh. they haven't posted on their Instagram page in a year and a half but oh come on Pam it's there it's there they need a there. social network team I'm sure Pam's just in the lab working on some some hot content they're just That's waiting on is. some so now that you're fully informed on completely pointless information on Pam and still don't really know what it does and I've derailed any chances of new listeners on the show and probably lost all of our regular listeners. Dave, are you ready to fire this show up? We might as well fire it up for another hour and a half. Let's yes. go. <laughs> yes! All three engines up and burning. Two, one, Zero and lift off. Ah, oh, Dave, I'm super excited. Fantastic show. We've got Jason and Jake from the band Honey. Oh man. Ooh. Oh man. Such a, such a good band out of LA. These these fellas, they've been rocking for the last seven years. They're really mm -hmm. reaching a, a good stride, I'll say. A solid stride nice. right now. Released uh, two singles just in the last two months. Very excited. We're going to cover everything with them. It's going to be awesome. But first, we need to start where we start. Birthday suit. Yes, sir. 
Sure do. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Okay, Dave. I know you're not an amateur historian. Nope. So No, not not even close. So I'm not giving you a high chance on this first one. Um, I'm giving you 40%. Uh, okay. Now, it's it's fairly recent history, but still. Hmm. Uh, okay. Our birthday suit wearer was born in Omaha, Nebraska in 1925. He had a rough childhood. Not long after he was born, his family moved to Milwaukee. Our birthday suit wearer's father died when our birthday suit wearer was only six then his mother had a nervous breakdown, and our birthday suit wearer was sent to live with foster homes. At mm-hmm. the age of four, 14, our birthday suit wearer moved to Boston. Then in mm-hmm. in uh, 43, he moved to New York and started hanging mm-hmm. out with John Elroy Sanford, who was an aspiring comedian. Say what? Uh, okay. They both dyed their hair red. One was known as uh, Chicago Red. The other was known as Detroit Red. John Mm -hmm. later became known as Red Fox, the comedian. In 1946, Hmm. our birthday suit wearer was arrested for larceny and breaking and entering. While in Mm -hmm. prison, our birthday suit wearer found a love of reading. And Mm -hmm. during that reading, he came across the Nation of Islam. Started Mm -hmm. writing the leader of the Nation of Islam, Elijah Muhammad. When he was released Mm -hmm. from uh, prison, he became a minister in the church. Although our birthday suit wearer mm-hmm. was extremely popular and made the Nation of Islam very popular, he decided to break with the institution in 1964 and become a Sunni m- Muslim. Mm-hmm. Sadly, during a speech in Manhattan on February 21st, 1965, our birthday suit wearer was shot 21 times and pronounced Jeez. dead at the scene. But, nonetheless, he is still known as one of the most influential men in the civil rights movement of the 1960s. Name that birthday suit wearer. I have no idea, buddy. That's what I was afraid of. That's what I was afraid of. Malcolm X. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, I feel like you could have given me something something more than that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, man. A, uh, oh, that's sad that I didn't know that one. I don't know. Uh, a minister in the church uh, of the uh, Nation of Islam and uh, being yeah, one w- of the biggest uh, biggest uh, movements of the, the civil rights movement or the biggest uh, uh, members of the civil rights movement. That's Malcolm, man. That's Malcolm. Okay, Malcolm X. All right, great movie. Uh, very. I was about to say Malcolm X with Denzel Washington. Fa- fantastic. You see, yeah. uh, you see his uh, interaction there with uh, with Red Fox in that movie. A newer movie out, uh, One Night in Miami, also got a little portrayal of uh, Malcolm X. I really wonder. I haven't done a lot of digging into it. I've watched it, but. Uh, uh-huh. I don't know how much of that is, like, actually true. Hmm. Because, like, it's, uh, you know, I mean, it's definitely true they were all together, but, like, all of this stuff, mm-hmm. it, it's basically all one night after uh, Muhammad Ali fights uh, Sonny Liston and wins the heavyweight oh. championship. And it's Sam Cooke, uh, Muhammad Ali, and Malcolm X hanging out. Uh, and um, Oh, that's wild. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, but like you know, I don't think there was actually any notes of what they said during this hangout, like that, and nobody had like a camera going. So I feel mm-hmm. like all of this stuff was just imagined, but I don't know. Right? 
I don't know. Yeah. I haven't actually seen like how much of it is actually based on anything. So I don't know. But it's a good movie nonetheless. You should check it out. That's right. All right. Let's add to the list. Yeah. Yeah. You should check it out. Listeners, you check it out too. Happy birthday to Malcolm X. Would have yes, would have been ninety six. Jeez. If uh, wow. if he would have uh, been yeah, it's crazy to think ninety six. It'd be pretty old by now. Uh, okay, Dave, are you ready? Rip some headlines. Let's rip it, Doc. It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. Okay, uh, Dave, are you ready for a classic headline out of Bozeman, Montana? Hmm. Let's hear it. Bozeman man gets two and a half years in prison for mm-hmm. cattle rustling scheme. Cattle wrestling. Rustling. They literally had rustling. Rustling. Mm-hmm. Rustling. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. For you folks out there that are like, what the f is rustling? Uh, it's. I feel like that's like going in and like aggravating them and causing them to like go crazy in their little spot. No. Nope. Potentially cause damage to the farm. No. Okay. No. Nope. Just a fancy uh, ranching term for stealing. Word. That's. Uh, why didn't they just say stealing? <laughs> so true. <laughs> so this dude got two and a half years for his stealing cattle th- scheme. Yeah. Mm. So apparently this dude uh, did most of the uh, his cattle stealing and grifting at the Hayes Ranch from 2008 to 2017. Uh, he was a, a rancher there. Uh, like a, a hand, you know, he didn't actually own the ranch. And apparently the owners were out of the country. And a lot of times oh. he'd just like, because he had this that his hands on these cattle like they had they'd have a calf and he'd just sell the calf like it was his you yeah, know and then All like right. never like report it yeah exactly born or something exactly cuz you know uh apparently when you're a dude in Bozeman Montana why not uh yeah. but apparently this dude made a pretty solid amount of money uh in his cow deals I'm sure because the charge the uh judge charged him to pay four hundred and fifty thousand dollars in restitution Jeez. over nine years he was making like 50k on the side yeah yeah jesus yeah now uh you know i started thinking about that and i was like you know like did he think of this before he became the ranch hand or was that like while he was working like, yeah. just wondering, like, did he go into this like, you know what? I'm going to sell these cows on my own. Nobody yep. will notice. Or yeah. was he there with the cows and he was like, hmm. He did a spite. Hmm. Now, as you know, Dave, I'm a numbers analysis guy. And like you pointed mm-hmm. out, I was like, I got to be honest. This is one of those that I'm like, that may be, I mean, and when you look at it, that he's only mm-hmm. getting two, two and a half years. Like, you think about, like, going to a bank and robbing a bank, you're probably going to get, like, 10 years for that. Like, so, you know, I mean... So you're saying that the risk outweighed... The the reward here is a little bit better, Yeah, you know? Yeah, but But, the thing is he has to pay it back I was about to say, but he (laughs) he did have to pay it all back, so in this case, it did not outweigh the reward, but, uh, you know... It could have. I could see with his cattle rustling. You could see why he it he was tempted, as opposed to some of those other folks that I'm just like, what are you thinking? What is this? That's funny. Uh, Dave, interesting headline on Slate. This this is good. Word. This is good. Uh, quote: Help! 
I caught my son in a compromising position with a vacuum cleaner. I oh, don't no. know what to say to him. Oh, God. Okay, Dave. Dave, here's some rapid-fire suggestions that I've came up with. Are you ready? Okay. Five yes. of them. First one. When your brother said, suck it, you misunderstood it. There you go. <laughs> Two. I've always wondered why the dog was afraid of the vacuum cleaner. Now I know. <laughs> well, he wasn't really afraid of it, that's for sure. No, but the dog is. <laughs> the and dog the dog is. saw what happened to uh, it. Uh, okay, okay, okay. Three. <laughs> I've sucked up poisonous spiders in that thing, so make sure you check before you stick anything in there. Just no. like that. <laughs> uh, oh. Four. From now on, it's your responsibility to clean out the vacuum cleaner. Your responsibility. <laughs> Number five. With your tool. If you do another thing to off, I'm telling every girl in your grade that you violated our vacuum cleaner. Say what? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Uh, I, God, that's, oh boy. Five but things, five suggestions, five kids suggestions, you know, and uh, five uh, other reasons why I am not that a parent. That poor mother, that poor mother. <laughs> Ew. Uh, oh, sad. Uh, well, I mean. Uh, I know they said kids will try anything, but. Two, <laughs> two, two, uh, you know, come on, mom. At least you could do a less popular forum than just putting it out there in a headline. Come on now. Somebody knows who your kid is and is looking at that and like, hey, wait a second, isn't that Jeff? I gotta talk to Jeff about that. <laughs> Anyways, uh, okay, awesome Florida story here, just down the road in, Oca in Ocala. Um, All right. So the manager at Country Inns and Suites is doing mm -hmm. her thing when she notices a lady out at the pool and she doesn't remember that lady checking in. So she's like, mm -hmm. eh, I'll go over, ask this lady where she's staying. She goes over to the lady and says, hey, what room are you staying in? And the lady freaks out on her. She's like, what? Oh, God. I don't need to tell you anything. I'm out of here. And storms off. So the manager calls the cops. When the cops show up, lady's no longer at the country inn and suites. She's actually mm -hmm. down the road at the La Quinta walking her dog. Uh, I guess it, I guess it's her dog. Uh, I don't know. La Quinta didn't have a pool. There's the, there's <laughs> there's just a dog with her, and uh, so when the police tried to talk to her again, she sort of freaked out on the police. Hmm. And then when they asked her about the country inn and suites and was she staying there, she said, "You know what? You know what? Yeah, that manager probably just called you guys because she was jealous that my body looked so good." All right. Oh, yeah, that's what it was. Wait, what? <laughs> she then said she was only at that hotel because her boyfriend had a rented had rented a room at that hotel, and then they got in a fight. And the only reason she hadn't left was because her car wasn't working. Hmm. The mm. officers then told her, "Well, if your car's there, it's going to be towed, so you need to move it." Uh, that's when she left them, jumped into her car drove it straight across the street to the gas station, literally right beside the hotel, walked mm -hmm. into the gas station and asked the gas attendant, can I keep my car here? And they were like, no. No. And so she <laughs> walked out even angrier. The cops are still walking, uh, are still watching her. They walk over and they're like, uh, hey, yeah, 
you're going to need to take it somewhere else. She starts yelling at them again. At this point, the cops notice that she smells like booze. And they're like, Hmm. hey, have you been drinking? And she's like, ah, just one drink at the Country Inn and Suites at 9 a.m. What? Uh, (laughs) And they arrested her. Um, So, I mean, just so many awesome things about this story. But I think you can agree with me, Dave. When you heard that this person was at a country inn and suites yeah. at nine in the morning, throwing yeah. back a couple of cold ones, hanging yes. by the pool, and then the manager calls the cops on them because they're just too effing hot. You were Killing like their buzz. You were like, This person needs their own reality show. Because That's, I oh man. Could you imagine? Yes. Could you imagine? Yes, I wanna <laughs> see that reality show with this lady. Because her life, as sad Rocks. as it may be, seems Rocks. very, very <laughs> interesting. Right. Very interesting. Oh, man. But uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully she's... I'm just confused. I thought her car didn't work, and then all of a sudden she's driving it. <laughs> I think... I don't know. Don't quote me on this. I think in the, in the uh, story, it was smoking mm-hmm. a lot. There was tire oh, squilling, and it was smoking when she went to the gas station. Her e-brake was probably on or something. Probably. Probably. <laughs> when when you're drunk in the morning, those things tend to happen. Uh, Dave, see how this title grabs you. Uh, okay. Quote, more than two dozen AR-15 rifles from the Miami Police Department are unaccounted for. Missing. Oh, God. That sounds like the mafia some undercover Una- unaccounted for doesn't that always seem like the term folks come up with when they're trying to downplay some stuff but yes. they're still trying to stay official like yes four boy scouts still unaccounted for after hike on saturday like yeah, just not, not missing presumed dead just, just unaccounted yeah, for haven't got a head count yet we're working on it they're don't, just still walking. Don't no big deal. Don't worry though. In the news story, uh, the cops let us know. Yeah, it's probably just officers got them out. And they haven't actually had them. You know, haven't. It's just a counting issue. They just so so the cops <laughs> sent out a strongly worded email to the officers. Don't worry. Uh, get get that handled. So they said, quote. Effective Monday, May 17th, 2021, these rifles will be reported stolen. You are hereby ordered to return it to the quartermaster unit immediately. Failure to do so may expose you to criminal liability for possession of stolen property. Hmm. That's right. That's right. So I'm sure they, they already got it figured out there, Dave. No worries. No worries. No, they got no idea where those things are. Nope. None. Yeah. Literally none. Nope. That's true. That's true. Uh, Dave, a lot of recent graduates across the country, all kinds of folks yeah, celebrating. Congrats to all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically, I want to congrats to Vivian Cunningham. There you go, Viv. Yes! Who who graduated from Sanford University in Alabama. Okay. Now, what nice. makes Vivian's degree special is she's 78 years old. Let's go, Viv. Yeah, yeah. Vivian was never able to get her degree when she was younger because she was a single mother of two at a young age. She mm-hmm. worked two jobs to pay for her children. And over the years, she acquired several course credits. 
She just didn't have time to finish the degree until she retired. Wow. After she graduated, though, uh, this past weekend, she said, you know what? I might go for a master's degree. That's right. I don't want to stop. <laughs> nope. I love to read. I love to sew. I love to watch movies. I don't want to just sit because I'm retired. I want the knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Viv wants the knowledge. You get that gonna, knowledge. That's going to be you when you're an old man, Doc. You, I don't know how much more school you can do, but I'll do I'm it. sure you could find something. I'll do more knowledge, Viv. Me and you. Getting that knowledge. Getting it. Woo. Woo. I, could you imagine if she was in like one of your exercise science classes? Oh, man. Oh, man. Be That'd nice. be awesome. Be nice. <laughs> uh, Dave, I'm going to end with this story for this, this side of the break here. Uh, All right. Have you ever uh, owned a rooster? Hmm. No, but there is a neighborhood rooster mm. that's famous. Mm. Mm. D- is it owned by somebody in the neighborhood, or is it just like... So, origin unknown, I, I think it may have just been here when the neighborhood was built. Okay. It just kind of stayed, mm-hmm. but they, they, like, house it. Gotcha. Like leave it. Yeah, they'll feed it and stuff. Got, well, uh, Mike Johnson of Tumwater, Washington, mm-hmm. he did want to own a rooster. He has owned yeah. a rooster, and he currently mm-hmm. owns two of them. That's right. Nice. He's achieved his dream. And he's doubled his dream. If he's going to stop living it, Dave, he is not going to let anybody stop. Well, Mike lives in Tumwater, like I said, and uh, he lives on two acres. Nice. And uh, last year, he got those two roosters. And Mm -hmm. uh, not surprisingly, the roosters uh, acted like roosters. Oh. Um, And some of the neighbors complained because of the rooster activity. Oh. Because uh, of the area that Mike lives in, it actually is illegal for anyone to own roosters except for commercial farms. That's a fact. Oh, that's bullcrap. So Mike received his first complaint telling him to remove the roosters in September. Hmm. Mike did not. Nope. By December, the city said, hey, if you don't get rid of your roosters, we're going to fine you $100 a day until you get rid of your roosters. Hmm. Oh, Mike did not. Nope. He now has $10,000 in fines. Mm. Mm. Mike says he's not going to have to pay because state laws say he can have the roosters. He says that his wife has a license for a nursery on the property and they consider it a commercial farm. Hmm. Um, oh, interesting. He also said he placed Velcro, Velcro sna- uh, straps on the necks of his two roosters, which limits their volume. Word. Oh, the Velcro straps. So, so first <laughs> off, Mike, uh, if collars limited the roosters' volumes, your neighbors wouldn't have complained. Nope. So that's right. not true. First of all. <laughs> Second of all, because you consider your property something doesn't mean other people do. Nope. Like I mentioned earlier, I consider the Doc G show the greatest show in the world. Woo-hoo. Everybody else would disagree. That's yep. uh, that's not true. Yep. Third, <laughs> owning a rooster is not a hill to die on, man. Nope. Now, if, if you had some, like, lemurs and you were trying to keep them, yeah, I'm with you. But okay. roosters, you're not even getting eggs from those guys, man. 
They're just strutting around, <laughs> looking goofy. That's it. And that's, I, that's literally about it. And I went Make to a noise. I went to USC. Our mascot was a rooster. You love, Come you on. You love the cock. Yeah. But geez, man, this. I mean, no, 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 Mike. Just get a friend. Get a friend that actually has a farm to take them. You can go visit your roosters. You know, do something mm -hmm. like that. Anyways, Dave, we are gonna take a break. We are gonna hear from our guest. This is Honey right here with Sports with Strangers. I don't right here on the Here on the Doc G Show, Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. Dave? Ladies and gentlemen, do us a favor. Go on your podcast download platforms. Mm -hmm. We're on all of them. Mm -hmm. Doc, download the Doc G Show. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You'll be lucky. You'll be happy that you did. Mm -hmm. Lucky and happy. Mm -hmm. Emphasis on the lucky. Yep. Um... Then go on our Instagram at Doc G Show. Mm -hmm. Go on the website www.docgshow.com or docgshow.com and check out our calendar mm -hmm. of upcoming guests. Mm -hmm. And on the Instagram, you'll see the little what do they call them? What do the kids call them these days? Reels. Reels. Mm -hmm. Doc's mm -hmm. been killing the real game. True. So That's be on the lookout. It's true. It's true, guys. I post way more than Pam. Suck it, Pam. Yeah. You got nothing. We need a terrible doc g show acronym <laughs> compete with pam pam a product of author myroff come on man come on anyways dave uh for the folks that listen to me all the way through that monologue on pam we need to shout them out right now yes let's do it we need to shout them out so i'm gonna do the regulars here and we're gonna do it all in one breath here we go Okay, here we <clears throat> Say what? Shout out to Jacksonville, Florida, Columbia, South Carolina, Gainesville, Florida, Radford, Virginia, Columbus, Georgia, Boardman, Oregon, Dublin, Ireland, Katy, Texas, Ashburn, Virginia, Genoa, Italy, Anoka, Minnesota, Barcelona, Spain, Peoria, Illinois, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Russia, Russia Moscow, Porta Villa, Vanuatu. Shout, Shout out. out. Boom. Shout out. Yes. Got that. In case you guys were taking tabs. Russia and Vanuatu made it back on the regulars. That's right. Let's go. Yeah. Thanks, Let's guys. Go. Thank you, Vanuatu, out there in the in the middle of the Pacific, just hanging out on your teeny little island. Thank you. Just just island life and Doc G show. That's life. it, man. That is it. It's a good way to be on an island with the Doc G show. Uh, got a couple other places here. Uh, Racine, Racine, Wisconsin. Shout out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, south of Milwaukee, right on okay, okay, right on, right on Lake Michigan. Apparently, uh, I've I've heard so I've heard there's a, a good amount of Danish folks there in Racine. Shout yeah. out. I love Danishes. I don't know about the people. Well, there's there's if they listen to the Doc G show. They can't be that bad. Uh, apparently, there's a couple of bang up Danish bakeries there. So there you go. Mm. Get some Danishes there. Uh, we also shout out to Beaverton, Oregon. Yes, yeah. yeah, that's where Nike is. That's where Nike yes, is. Sir. Shout out to Nike. Pay your corporate, Phil. 
Pay your corporate taxes, Nike. Wait, Come what? on, guys. Get in there. Do your part. That's Pay right. your taxes. But I also like your gear, so give me some gear. So Both true. of those things at once. There uh, you go. Okay, Duxbury. Duxbury, Massachusetts. There we go. Duxbury, okay. Yeah, literally like two miles from Plymouth. So, oh, nice. Right down there very, with Plymouth Very Rock. historical. Yeah, yeah. Mm, some pilgrims listen to our it show. Could've, it could have been them. Who knows? <laughs> Just some, <laughs> some folks from 1600s checking our show out. It's nice. Yeah. Uh, Stormville, New York. Shout out to Stormville. Oh, shout out to Stormville. That's my kind of place. Yeah, it's up there near Poughkeepsie. So it's it's not really upstate. I would get. I mean, maybe they call it upstate. I guess really anything away from the city. I'm not really super hip on the Lincoln Go, but I think Me any, either. anything outside of the city they usually just call upstate if you're actually going up the state. Mm. So, you know, well, I think that's what it's for. Uh, and then we've got shout out to Ichikawa, Japan. Konnichiwa. Yeah. Ichikawa in the metro area of Tokyo. I would like, Dope. you know, that's that's sort of on the bucket list, Dave. I'd like to go to Tokyo. I'd say so. It's it's up there. It looks pretty awesome. It looks yeah. it just looks so space age. You're just right, like, like Tokyo Drift, like yeah, oh, man, you're just sick. like, oh man, there's all kinds of just things going on. It's just activities yep. and lights and just... And I was about to say the bright lights, like flashing things, It's, it's electronics. So, I'm, I mean, it's sort of like there's a... It's like a, a fictional Gotham City meets New York meets L.A. just and Las Vegas just all together. Right. Just right. That's wild. a very good description. Wild. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Very good. But yeah. And Japanese writing all over the place. That's true. There is a lot. Maybe <laughs> maybe because it's in Japan. But yes, there right. is a lot of it. A lot of it. Shout out to all of those folks. Thanks for listening, guys. Keep it up. Shout we appreciate out. it. Uh, yes. Tell your friends uh, if you. Uh, I don't know how we can actually. Don't like them. I don't know how we can reward you if you do, but we will reward you some way if you get your friends to listen. Uh, Dave, I've got uh, I've got a couple stories here. So first off, I got a fantastic offer for the listeners. Um, oh. It's an offer. If any of you guys have ever wanted to live in an old lighthouse on Lake Superior, so Ooh. yeah, mm-hmm. so in Duluth, up in Duluth, so cold <laughs> Duluth, Minnesota, Ew. Um, and Duluth Harbor, there is the North Pier Head Light. Mm-hmm. The North Pier Head Light has been listed on the National Register of Historic Places and okay. now can be attained at no cost to qualified owners. Word. So, really? Yeah, under the National Historic Lighthouse Preserve Act of 2000, which I think we can all admit was a pretty awesome lighthouse act, am I right? Oh yeah, the it a, best. It's a pretty good one. I think we all remember it. Uh, it made lighthouses like the one in Duluth free to eligible entities such as federal, state and local agencies, nonprofit corporations, and educational agencies. Hmm. So, any eligible entity with an interest in acquiring the property should submit a letter of interest by July 7th. So, if any listeners are interested in living in an old lighthouse in Duluth, Minnesota, just make yourself a nonprofit organization, maybe titled something like, I don't know, um, 
lamb. Wait, what? Uh, <laughs> or maybe if you want to be better than Pam, something like kick lighthouses of Minnesota and sign up to live. LLC. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and live in an old lighthouse. There you go, Dave. You can do that. You can do it. Man. So check it out. Check it out. I don't I don't know if I'd leave Florida for Minnesota, but no. living no. in a lighthouse would be pretty sweet. I'd do it for July and August, and then I would yeah. leave. And that would be my two months in Duluth, because I think those would be the only habitable months for me. Yeah. Uh, okay, Dave, last story here out of Schaumburg, Schaumburg, Illinois. So, <laughs> this... I, yeah, great. Uh, a lady was staying in an extended stay hotel during the pandemic, and mm-hmm. uh, the hotel had stopped cleaning services because oh. of you know COVID. And uh, she's been living there the whole time. And uh, apparently, this lady was living there with her pets. And mm. oh man, her pets when she started staying at the hotel were three rabbits. Oh, no. Now, these three rabbits included one neutered rabbit, one male rabbit, and one female rabbit. Oh, God. Now, listeners, just off of your knowledge of what rabbits tend to do, I'm sure you know what happened. Thumpity thump thump. (laughs) If you said this hotel room eventually became filled with rabbits, you were correct. 47 to be exact in a year. Holy crap. That's a lot of reproduction. Jeez. I, I, I'm not too surprised by this fact, but Dave, it seems like that rabbits aren't too concerned with incest. Nope. Uh, that doesn't seem to be too oh, high on their gross. list. Oh. Um, but like, I got a question, Dave. If you're this lady, how long does it take to realize your rabbit population has got out of hand? Hmm. Like, yeah. But, I mean, what could she do? I Like, I don't know. <laughs> well, because I, I took a look, right? And rabbits usually have seven to five rabbits at a time. So that okay. means this happened like seven to nine times. Yeah. <laughs> and this lady didn't see an escalating problem. Like, I should, I should get rid of these rabbits. I should give these away. I should take these to a vet or so- Sell them. something. Yeah. No, she was just like, yeah, I'm sure it'll take care of itself. Well... We'll just keep oh, keep these rabbits. Uh, and I was sitting there. God, that room. Oh. Yeah, it looked pretty gross, Dave. I'm going to be honest. They showed a picture. I'm not even. I'm not even going to look at the picture. It looked pretty gross. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, you know, I started thinking, and listeners, just take a second and think about the life of a rabbit. Like, I mean, aside from the awesome rabbit sex, life seems pretty horrible as a rabbit. Like, I mean, all you look forward to are carrots. Well, I mean, being a rabbit, you literally have no defenses. Nope. None. Yeah. Like, teeth? You're just a n- soft little thing. Yeah. Teeth? Nope. Claws? Nope. Strength? Nope. Intellect? Nope. Camouflage? Nope. You've got nothing. So like, true. Think of any other animal listener and put it in a head-to-head battle against a rabbit and you would bet money against yeah. the rabbit. Like, I mean, goose, I'm going goose. Yep. Squirrel, I'm going squirrel. Wow. Y- Yorkshire Yorkshire terrier, I'm going Yorkie. Like, yeah. If you're a rabbit, you can't even run away right. You hop everywhere. 
Like, <laughs> you're just a totally defenseless, fuzzy, carrot-eating nothing. Oh. Like, it is... It's not a good life. It's... I mean... I hope no rabbits are offended that are listening right now. I apologize to any rabbits. You offended that are, all the rabbits. I'm sorry, course. rabbits, but it's true. You guys, you you need to go to the the weight room or something. Do something. Just <laughs> do something, rabbits. Anyways, Dave, are you ready for the second birthday suit? Yes, sir. Let's do it. Okay, I'm confident on this one. Confident on this one. I'm giving you 95 percent. Nice. Actually, I'll give you 99%. 95 oh, was... Thank yeah. you. Okay. Born in Greenville, South Carolina, May 19, 1976. Mm-hmm. Our birthday suit wearer found basketball in middle school and fell in love. But he didn't start playing organized basketball until high school. He played for Malden High School in Greenville. Fun fact. I know a couple people that went to Malden. Uh, nice. But he ended up transferring to Farragut Academy in Chicago for his senior year. His mm-hmm. senior year, he was named Mr. Basketball in Illinois, averaging 25.2 points, 17.9 rebounds, 6.7 assists, and 6.5 blocks a game. Wow. Jeez. Talk about a stat stuffer. That dude was stuffing some stats. Couldn't do much more. Our birthday suit wearer decided to go straight to the NBA. He was drafted fifth overall by the Minnesota Timberwolves. Our birthday suit wearer went on to play with Kevin the- Garnett. Kevin Garnett Let's is go. correct. He was four-time rebounding champ. He was 12-time All-NBA Defensive Player. He was Defensive Player of the Year in 2008. He was nine-time All-NBA Player. He was MVP in 2004. He was a 15-time All-Star. He is the only player in NBA history to reach at least 25,000 points, 10,000 rebounds, 5,000 assists, 1,500 stills, and 1,500 blocks. And now he is a Hall of Famer, Mr. Kevin Garnett. Yeah. Happy birthday, KG. That's right. He did just get in, didn't he? He did. Him, Tim Duncan, uh, Kobe, and uh, yeah. No, Paul's in the next one. He's in 2021. Oh, okay. Paul's in 2021. This was 2020. Uh, Yeah, but Kevin got in, and I mean, man. You look at some of those stats. He, I mean, no question. No question a Hall of Famer. And oh, yeah. It's funny, though. One of the things that I remember about Car- uh, Kevin Garnett the most is when uh, Vince Carter dunked over the 7'4 uh, French guy in the Olympics. Yeah. Kevin Garnett didn't know what to do for the first two seconds after that video. If you watch the video and just watch Kevin Garnett, he's just like, he's the What? Ah! Ah! And you just see, like, his head explode for two seconds. And then he just starts yelling with Vince Carter afterwards. Like, oh, my God! That just happened! Because... Oh, that's... He was, like, appreciating it. Yeah, I mean, it's 7-4. It's insane. But, you know, I gotta appreciate KG right now. And I gotta say, when I saw his high school lines, I was like, what? Well, it's pretty cool how KG went from, like, this, like... I don't know, the way his career 
like how he transformed his this game because yeah. in Minnesota he did like everything, everything. Mm-hmm. and then he just kind of blended into this you know the Fab Three or whatever they call it the yeah the, the three Celtics the big scene. three yeah big uh, three uh, yeah yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and the Celtics so and then he had a pretty good little career uh, he's got going Brooklyn. on TV. Oh yeah, with his with his uh, I forget what they call it, uh, his little extra his little corner or yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. It's kind of funny, like you know, it's nice there's, to see their personality. There's some good ones. Well, yeah, it's also good to see that KG's not an a hole when he's off of the court. You know, because right, that's all right. you ever hear was how you know he was just always mean on the court. But you see, right. once he leaves the court, he's not that mean dude. You're like, oh, that's right. nice. That's nice. Yeah. And, I mean, he kept stuffing stats in the NBA. Only guy to yep. ever get 25,000 points, 10,000 rebounds, 5,000 assists, 1,500 steals, 1,500 blocks. That's crazy. It's kind of it's kind of funny how they, like, come up with those random numbers. Yeah. Just to be like, he's the only guy that's ever done this, 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 and this. But, I mean, to get to that level on all of them, that's pretty yeah. nuts. That's totally. pretty nuts. Happy birthday, KG. Turning the big 4-5. Yes, Four Man. five for KG. Look good for he looks looks in shape. Looks good for oh, four yeah. five. Oh yeah. I'm sure he could still ball. I wouldn't. Uh, well, uh, obviously he, he, he would. Since yeah. he's six ten, obviously he would beat me eleven to zero. But you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyways, we are gonna take a break. We will be right back oh. with none other than Honey right here on the Doc G Show. Montana. This Mucho Yellow. And it's Rockin' Yellow. And you're listening to Doc G Show from 803 to 904. The best show on the radio. You dig? This is 95.5 Spinnaker Radio. WSKRLPFM UNF Jacksonville. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today we are joined by Jake Goldstein and Jason Yarger of the fantastic group Honey. Fellas, how's it going? Yo, doing great. How you doing, man? Yeah, fantastic. No- Thanks. Nice, nice. Well, let me let me start with this question for both of you guys. I know all musicians have been waiting for a long time to hear. The CDC last week says, hey, if you're vaccinated, hang out without mask. Do it. Yeah. Which is huge for you guys, obviously. Now, have you have you started doing any dates? Have you lined up any dates yet? Um, we're looking. We have like holds and stuff for fall, so basically, we're looking to do quite a few shows mm-hmm. um, as we come out of summer. That's like that's usually our favorite time to tour, anyway. That's when it's nice out. Yeah. When uh, when road conditions are good when everybody's still out and about and ready to boogie so we, we like to in the fall anyway but that's we have some dates that are, are kind of rescheduled for the fall that's good stuff that that'll give you time yeah. to really make sure like okay this is gonna stick this is gonna hold yeah you'll have the people tested out over the summer and then you guys will be able to ready to rock in uh in fall yeah hopefully people will be used to you know being out in the world again for Plus, sure we need time to to learn how to 
we need to relearn how to play all of our songs. <laughs> <laughs> that, it's been a while. That would, yeah, yeah, that would make sense. But I mean, you know, some of your contemporaries, like some of the bands out there, I know have been really fueled. They they fueled their career by online music production. I mean, they made a lot of streaming and they put that out there, and that's what they got known off of. And it seems like you guys. I mean, really did a lot of live shows. I mean, that's where you really, you know, earned earned your career and earned your name. So what was it like, basically, for a full year not doing shows? Were you guys, like, going crazy after, you know, however many years, just show after show? Well, what was pretty yeah. crazy was, like, right when the, the shutdown started happening and, like, everyone was going into lockdown, we were on our way to start a headline tour. We had just mm. gotten back from our first trip to Europe, and we did a support tour out there, came back, had, like, a day off, and then we were driving to the East Coast to start a tour. Mm-hmm. So we were were in the middle of the country, literally pulled over, like, at a gas station trying to figure out what, what was going to happen, and... You know, we're, we are so used to, to touring pretty nonstop that it was a pivot for us. But luckily, it gave us a lot of time to kind of like reset and gather some material so we can have, you know, just when when things are starting to open up, it can just be kind of a consistent stream of songs coming out of us being able to kind of just focus on the promotion side of it rather than doing the juggling of oh, we need to go back and write more and then promote that. And, and yeah. the, it can just mm-hmm. allow us to shift into the promotional mindset rather than and touring mindset rather than the creation mindset, you know? Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, I noticed I noticed beside music there, it's doing a little perusing, doing a little perusing on Instagram. And I noticed, yeah. you guys, you got a couple things done during pandemic besides music. Jake, you, you ran a half marathon. What? Your first half marathon <laughs> there. <laughs> <laughs> I sure did, yeah. You just got out there and killed yeah, it. Now, buddy. was that like something you had been, you know, working up to, or was that something at the start of the pandemic? You're like, yeah, why well, not? Let's do it. I've always like messed around with running, and I, I like, I just like individual challenges, ways to kind of like test myself. So that was something that was kind of always on the books. Was let's see, like if I can, you know, go long distances running. And at the start of the pandemic, that was one of the only things I could do to kind of like stop from being stir crazy. Yeah. Would be get out of the house and go on a run. And so, yeah, that was, that was just, uh, that was just became a focus because what, I mean, other, I can sit and write music and that's fantastic. But at the end of the day, you kind of need to do something a little physical sometimes to let out some steam. So the running was good. Yeah, you killed it, man. That was like what eight, eight, <laughs> eight minute something pace there. That's solid. <laughs> yeah, you did your yeah, research. My, my, my boy's got a good pace. He's got, got got a good pace for sure. Well, I noticed both of you, pace. both of you guys did some uh, surfing. Now, yeah, I, I feel like is oh, that, yeah. is that mandatory in Southern California? Like, do you guys like <laughs> have to do that, or they kick you out? Like, it I feel, should be. I feel, it really, it really should be. <laughs> I feel like it. I mean, is was was it good surfing? Uh, were there like a lot of people out there during the pandemic, or was it a good place to sort of 
clear your mind and get away from it all? I think a combination of both. I know there was an yeah. uptick. So the the funniest thing is like we actually grew up like skateboarding and obviously playing in bands and stuff and yeah. knew so many dudes that were into surfing and neither Jason or I had really gotten into it for the last few years, mm. like maybe two or three years. Nice. And uh, But it's become like an obsession of ours. And then as the pandemic as we found out that we were allowed to go surfing and, and things were open in that regard. Yeah. There was, I guess like a huge uptick in people learning to surf. Mm -hmm. was, it was like impossible to buy new boards and shapers were like yeah. unable to find blanks and stuff because so many, the, I mean, yeah, the demand was so high. So it's, it, there were a lot of people, but nothing beats getting out there early morning in the water and, you know that's definitely always a calming place for sure have you have you guys ever seen never ending summer the endless summer endless summer yeah. oh endless summer yeah <laughs> yeah classic that classic uh the narration of that movie kills me and just the, bruce brown the the narration the he just he's got such like when he's going around the country and the things that he says like when they're in like africa and you're just like what i guess that passes in the 60s that's okay all yeah, right, okay. it's pretty crazy. Yeah, I, guess, I guess that's cool. Uh, but it's, I mean, you know, it really does make you like, oh, that'd be awesome if I could do that. Just go around the world and surf. I want to do that. That seems fun. Yeah, we're, we're going to have to plan some, some uh, you know, world tour stuff around, yeah. around swells and seasons and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty gonna awesome. Our, our booking agents are going to have to look at swell maps to figure <laughs> out where we're going to go next. So yeah. That'll be the yeah. Have to and finally get us out to Australia. <laughs> chew, yeah, for real. Chew them out when it's not good surf. Hey! This was horrible. You said this was going to be good. What is this all about? Was the yeah, exactly. was the audience good? Yeah, they were they were good. But the surf, come on. What's the deal here? But the waves, man. Jeez. Come on. Yeah. Uh well, one more question before I get back to the music about Southern California. Now, I have to ask all my my guests this. If I'm coming out to LA and I call you guys up and I say, "Jake, Jason, I need a place to eat. I need your number one ace in the hole." Where are you telling me to Ooh. eat? These are my favorite mm. questions. I got, can I give you a breakfast, lunch, and dinner vibe? Oh, That's like, yeah. wow. Yeah. Look at this guy. Man, yeah. he's prepared. Uh, I like it. Okay. Well, are we, start, are <laughs> well, we starting with all, breakfast? Starting with breakfast. Okay. This is going to be a heavy day for sure, but <laughs> I'm saying this is like, I'm saving this up. Is, we're going sunday you know sunday i like it beautiful like waking up kind of like oh i need i need a real solid you know Get me early sunday mm -hmm. breakfast mm -hmm. we're going hank's bagels okay in either sherman okay. oaks or burbank they're they're i live around the corner from the one in the valley here and they're like the oh my favorite bagels ever nice and uh get the gravlax it's like the you know the it's like a lox bagel basically but right. they're best bagels in the game okay the reason i say it's a sunday is because you're gonna have to do a pre-order and go to our, our friend nikki valley has a fish fry every sunday Ooh, yeah. little fish echo park nice. um and they do they do like fish sandwiches on sundays a lot of the time and it's just he does incredible things with food man and then um i would say for dinner it's nearby that's an echo park in silver lake there's a night market thai food is like my favorite thing to eat it's what i oh, i'm stoked I to go back there i was i was just there last weekend 
Man. It's so good. It's so good. Man, so we're going bagels for breakfast, fish for lunch, yeah. Thai for dinner. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> yep. That's gonna, that, yep. that is going to be a good day. Uh, Jason, anything to add to that? Anything? <laughs> you know, that's pretty. That's a pretty solid run. I would like to. I, that's. I mean, yeah, that's good stuff, dude. Okay. I uh, maybe I'll throw. I think my. <laughs> I think my favorite restaurant right now mm-hmm. um, is probably Ms. Lala, which is in Sherman Oaks, kind of by where oh. it's actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like um, it's like Mediterranean. Mm. They got a bunch of crazy stuff over mm. there. The be- best hummus I've ever had. Baba ganoush, mm. um, freaking apricot lamb tagine, man, and like this, this uh, they got this like guava panna cotta. Oh, that is, uh, uh, I think about it every day. <laughs> wow, oh, it haunts I think my about dreams. It it's it's there every so, time, man. My brother's yeah. my brother's a Mediterranean fiend. He is a, a huge fan, so. I'll have to tell him next time he's out in L.A. Miss Lala's. Got yeah. it. Yeah. Got it. Miss Lala's the best. Got it, man. Well, geez. Now I got four spots. Sweet. That's 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 all I needed. That's it. Now, now I'm ready to go. As far as a trip out there, I am. I'm loaded with good suggestions. Well, there's look, so much good food out here everywhere. So you know, every, everywhere you look in L.A., there's something good. So I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. There's most everything in L.A. So you know, can't 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 find can't find it there you probably can't find it anywhere uh yeah <laughs> let's take it back for the listeners though for for the listeners who don't know you guys started it around 2014 and you guys were band folks you'd already been in a bunch of bands you'd already done the band thing like you were saying you skateboarded you you were in bands mm-hmm. that's what you did um now what got you actually though jake what got you initially playing the guitar before you started in those bands what was the first thing that got you into guitar and and what inspired you to play honestly when i was young it was a pretty amazing time for guitar music Mm -hmm. um a lot of like they call it like the the band era so Mm -hmm. like the strokes Mm -hmm. the killers Mm -hmm. the you know the hives the vines the Mm -hmm. white stripes like all these guitar bands coming out that just made it look cool to play rock music again. You know, I think there was kind of like a weird dip for a while where it wasn't necessarily cool for young kids to be getting into guitar music. And they made it seem just like this mysterious, cool thing again. Um, In addition to like, you know, in middle school, Green Day American Idiots coming out and I'm, my mind is being blown by rock operas and, you know, so it was just, I think it was just a matter of time until, I mean, so many people that we knew got into or bought guitars or started playing guitar mm-hmm. or trying to play an instrument. And mm-hmm. I think the people with dedication won out because I just never stopped playing, you know? <laughs> I like it. Uh, well, Jason, yeah. same question, but with the addition of, of singing, what got you into singing? I mean, it's pretty much the same answer. Um, like, it was all the same stuff for me. Green Day was huge. I used to, you know, stand in my room with my older brother's guitar <laughs> on me, like strapped strapped down to my knees. Yeah, you know, and like w- with a with like a a floor lamp <laughs> up to up to my face, <laughs> pretending to be Billy Joe Armstrong. Nice. You know, while <laughs> while listening to to all that Green Day stuff back in the day. For I did sure. the same thing with the Ataris. <laughs> I used to just stand in front of the mirror and you know 
pretend like I was in the music videos and stuff like that. Jimmy Eat World, I nice. did the same thing. Nice. And um, yeah, growing up, like my older brother and my older sister were were in choir. Mm-hmm. You know, um, basically their whole lives, and then I kind of just stepped into it too. So I was in like the city choir and stuff like that, community center stuff. And then at school, like I was always in choir. Nice. Um, yeah, it's kind of just in my family the singing. Like which is weird because neither of my parents can can hold a note to save their lives, <laughs> so I don't I don't know where it came from. That, but all, all me and all my brothers and sisters can all sing. It's really weird. Anybody in the the, the you know uh, cousins, aunts, anybody like that that can sing? Not that I know of. Hmm. Hmm. Man, really just jumped out of nowhere then. Yeah. That's a good question. Yeah, I I, don't, I really don't know where it came from. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, with with all those, because you know, you guys mentioned all those sort of you know early aught rock bands, like you were saying, like the Killers, the Ataris, the Strokes, all of those guys. But you know, I've heard obviously you worked your way back to the the eighties alt as well. The you know the Cure and the Smiths and the nineties alt too, the Nirvana and the Green Day. I've heard you talk about all of those bands as far as uh, influences. When you started, Honey, did you have a specific sound in mind? Did you have anything when you guys started playing, like, let's do this? Or was it just like, let's play and see what happens? Uh, yeah, it was kind of just a, a big amalgamation of all that stuff, I guess. Um, yeah, mostly trying to go for, for the cure, mm-hmm. but with a, like, yeah, with a little more post-punk kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time when we first started, I was really into like beach fossils and and dive and and a bunch of that like new new kind of um, like post punky guitar stuff that was coming out. Yeah. Um, so I was pulling a lot of stuff from from that when we first started, when it was just kind of me writing songs in in my living room, and then when all the guys kind of um, you know came in and we all started you know, becoming an actual band and writing songs together, it kind of just, a bunch of stuff came from, from everywhere. Like Goldstein came in, you know, Jake came in and, and he's obsessed with the Prince. Mm. So <laughs> all, all of our songs started getting a lot dancier and sexier. So <laughs> stuff like that. Well, speaking of that, I did want to say, I, I, I knew that about you, Jake. And I wanted to ask if you wanted to take the Doc G Show Prince quiz at the end of this interview. Say what? You oh, wow. Yeah. You, you, I'm afraid I'm going to embarrass myself, but we can give it a shot. Oh, we no. Well, well, here's the thing. Don't worry, because no one else has taken this quiz. So as long as you get okay. one question right, you will be the champion You'll have the, the highest pre- score. Yes. <laughs> yes. So All right. And and for for your benefit and for everybody's, it's a multiple choice. So you'll have oh, an answer. Perfect. Yes. So you'll then have I'm in. Yeah, okay. 100%. Okay. Solid. We've got that coming up, listeners. Don't leave. We've got the quiz coming Can't up. Wait. Um but back to the 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 influences, like you said, it it could be just me, but I've noticed like a lot of the sort of Southern California bands of today have a lot of eighties alt influences. I mean, when you look at Lovely the band, the weathers, younger hunger, the neighborhood, bad sons, you guys. Like there seems to be a solid amount of the cures, of the Smiths, of all of that sort of pushed into it. What modern band would you say sort of 
you think sort of started that or was it all sort of organic? Did it just sort of all sort of come out together? I think a large part of it is that we're all around the same age and a lot of our parents were into that stuff. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. because yeah, I think that, um, at least for our band and I know we're friends with a a few of the bands that you mentioned and that's been like talked about before because we all have a a shared love of, yeah, like you said, like, you know, the cure of the Smiths yeah, specifically those being like the big ones, but any kind of that like eighties, Depeche Mode, yeah, Depeche Mode is the other one. Especially like between us and Bad Sons, Depeche Mode is a big one, I think. Nice. Yeah, and a a lot of that stems from I think our like our parents were into, and so it was always around, and it kind of like seeped into the musical DNA of a lot of our yeah our bands, you know. Yeah, it's I mean it's really interesting to me because it is it's sort of and it and it fits the. You know, I think a lot of your the the bands that you mentioned before, those the Killers and and you know, mm-hmm. they're all sort of they were inspired by those bands as well. I mean, they liked the the '60s bands and they were big into the '60s bands, but they also had that large post punk alt bands from the '80s influence as well, which you never saw with any of like the grunge bands. I mean, you know, the, the Nirvana I, had a I slight degree uh, to it, but I think it's also because, yeah, like it, it's exactly that, and that kind of, you know, what's cool when you're 11, 12, 13 formulates your aesthetic vision of what's cool for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah. So the, you know what I mean. So yeah. the fact that we had that stuff being kind of targeted directly to us at that age means mm-hmm. that like when we went back obviously as an adult you go further and further into researching your field of choice and we get back to the 80s and see the influence naturally you're going to gravitate to those bands that influenced the bands you thought were cool because that they share a common aesthetic or vibe or even down to like promo photos or but, but yeah. sonically as well like you just you find these albums and go, wow, this is so cool. Yeah, because it influenced what you thought was cool in the first place. You know, <laughs> for sure, for sure. Well, how did how, yeah. how did you get to Prince? What was what? Where'd you find That's him? Straight up, my mom. Straight up, <laughs> like yeah, like hundred percent. That nice. was that was you know, sign of the times was always around when I was a kid in nineteen ninety nine. Like those records in particular Man. were always played in my house as a kid, and uh, and. I feel like before I could, you know, before I can even remember that was the music that was around. So nice. it was just like in my brain. <laughs> nice. I like it. When, yeah. When I was a, when I was a kid, my brother got uh, my brother got his greatest hits and seven for for a short amount of time. Seven was my favorite song of all time. I love that song. Seven's so sick. It's just so good. The, the bass drop, the harmonies in that song, just so many things are so good about that jam. It's and yeah. it was really weird when I got to when I got driving age and I got a stereo system in my car. I pumped that all the time, and people must have thought I was the weirdest person ever. Like in two thousand, <laughs> when I was in two thousand five, cranking seven, and they're like, Is "That a Prince song from twelve yeah. years ago? What the?" <laughs> Yeah, that's right, guys. Two twelves in the back. You hear it. Like, just weird, weird. But as I mentioned before, you guys, you're a heavy touring band. You you played a lot of shows. And I was wondering, do you remember, like, your first Honey show? 
when you guys were truly honey? Do you remember that first show? I was going to say, I wasn't even at the very first couple of shows, but I mean, probably the Troubadour show, right, Jay? Like the one that we opened? Yeah, the one that when, uh, when, when was that? June 17th mm-hmm. of like 2015 or something like that. Nice. Right? I think so. Yeah. Nice. Um, I'm pretty sure. And Troubadour, you said? Yeah, that was, yeah, that was, we were opening for Bad Sons was, was kind enough to, to let us play that one with them. Very cool. As they did many, many times after that. <laughs> you got to yeah, help us out. I mean, even though you guys are LA guys, the Troubadour's got to hold something special when you go there. Absolutely. Like, that's that's got to fe- feel something uh, when you're there. Did that, I mean, obviously, since you remembered that, I'm guessing that show went pretty well. Yeah, that was I mean, pretty that awesome. Was, that one was good, but I mean, it, like, it, it hit a lot harder the, the next time we played there, mm-hmm. which was our, our headline, mm-hmm. and we, we sold it out, and that, that was, wow. like, that was one that, that felt pretty unreal. That was, like, a big milestone for us. For sure. You know, talk about like LA like band moments. It was like, oh, we sold the Troubadour out. That yeah, I mean that's I I always think about that because we've had several bands obviously that have, have played the Troubadour and it's just such a iconic. I mean, Southern California sound, Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Joni Mitchell, and and Elton John, and and the Eagles, and uh, Linda Ronstadt, and just on and on and on. And you're playing that same yeah. stage. That's got to be, it's got to be a big deal right there. And then your hometown, so you get to be like, hey, this is this is ours. This is we did it here. Yeah, exactly. That's that's got to be a cool cool feeling. But with, I mean, with yeah, that, that was a big one. Getting to that level, and then I'm guessing like, I mean, I'm guessing you guys had a pretty big following in California before you started branching out. Like once you started branching out and moving out and and touring across america was it like did was it a big shift when you started having to show up to like tulsa and like st louis and there's like 10 people (laughs) there was that like was there a big shift or was it already you had enough following from like streaming that you came out and there was already good crowds when you started touring we we've we've definitely gotten hit with 10 people in tulsa like specifically (laughs) you nailed you nailed you nailed that one. We have absolutely gotten hit with 10 people in Tulsa. All right. Mm-hmm. Nice. Tulsa. Yeah. <laughs> Good. We've got a couple listeners it's... in Tulsa, so come on, listeners in Tulsa. <laughs> come out Come out to the shows more. Jeez, guys. No, it's definitely picked up uh, in Oklahoma for sure. At, at the very least in OKC, we've played 89th Street now like five times something. Now it's actually... Mm-hmm. We can well, now we actually can draw in Oklahoma City and Tulsa. We haven't been back in a while, but I'm I'm sure that we, it would go a little better there now. But yeah, we've uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean we've we've hit we've hit both that we were. Uh, I mean we were fortunate enough that our first like national tour was as a su- as a support for Bad Sons in the neighborhood. Yeah. So that kind of like helped. But I mean we're no strangers to playing. We've all played in other bands and stuff before this as well. To playing yeah. to you know five people, any number of places across the country. So it was. We don't have any you know ego about it. It's like you show up and you put on the best show you're going to put on, and hopefully people get stoked and then they come back. And that's how we treated it ever since For we sure. started touring. And and it's only been beneficial because I think we've built a reputation as a band that's fun live, you know? Definitely. Definitely. I mean, that's what, you know, when you go through your interviews and past, uh, 
past uh, magazine articles, that's always like one of the first things. Great, great <laughs> live band. You know, great, great aesthetic, great feel, great vibes. So, uh, you know, you can build a lot off of that, which really sucks during the pandemic because you can't really build off of that during the pandemic. But now we're back outside outside of L.A. What's your favorite place city to play? What do you look forward to playing the most? We Chicago. love Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> Chicago. Got a lot of family in Chicago. Nice. I, 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 Chicago, Chicago has a special place in my heart. So nice. We have great. We have great shows there. It's awesome. Very Florida good. also, man. Dude, Florida. Florida. Kills. Florida. Florida rips, man. We have all over Florida. We have the best time. Tampa, Orlando, Jacksonville. We haven't been back to Miami in a while, but I mean, all over Florida, we have fun shows. Texas is always great. There's a few hubs around the country, but yeah. Florida loves live music. That's for sure. We definitely for sure. uh, appreciate what, and it doesn't really matter. You can bring whatever live music and people show up. It can be, it yeah. can be reggae. It can be classic rock. It can be hip hop. It doesn't matter. People are like, all right, it's a show. Let's go. That sounds good. Uh, we definitely yeah, it, felt the love. Yes. Yes. Well, you hopefully soon be back feeling the love soon. Um, now, I noticed on on Spotify, Televised is your biggest hit, uh, 42 million streams, which is insane when you think about it. That's crazy, crazy sure, numbers. How do, yes, how, do, how do you think we feel? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean... It's made up to me. <laughs> Somebody's fudging those numbers. I don't know. You, uh, or, or you got that one just super obsessed fan that's listened 17 million times yeah. on their own. That's just like repeat. It's my mom. Every it's just my mom. Dedicated. Thank you. Thank you, mom. Yeah. That's amazing. You, your, your support is appreciated. Um, <laughs> now, I hear that started with Jake's guitar riff, that song. Now, when you wrote a riff like that, Jake, did you think it was a banger? Did you think it was a 42 million streamer? Or were you just like, oh, this is interesting? <laughs> yeah, I was just messing around with it at the start of practice. I kind of had gotten into playing some double stop little licks through like listening to Johnny Marr and then kind of like listening to a little bit of country and stuff. And mm-hmm. just was thought it would be a fun little exercise to play that stuff. And then Kevin heard it. They started jamming on like bass and drums. And I think uh, it really just took off from there but as a guitar lick i thought it was silly and whatever but when when everything came together it uh it, it felt good it's like bouncy and, and groovy and yeah and fun so yeah it's it's always funny how that i mean that sounds a lot like when you watch the eagles documentary and when yeah. joe walsh <laughs> came up with life in the fast lane and they're sitting there before <laughs> yeah. practice and they're like what is that and he's like i don't know i just do it to warm up and they're like oh we're we're making a song to that. That's going down. I feel like that's the classic guitar player thing, but it's literally because when you're just writing licks, it's never like I got to sit down and write a riff right now. You yeah. know, I feel like that's a weird way to go about it. It's yeah. More like I'm just going to mess around until something comes, you know? Is that, so, is that frustrating? Like, I mean, the fact that like, it doesn't really feel like you did anything masterful for that lick. And then that became sort of the best known lick that you have not at all i think it's beautiful it's opportunity meets preparedness right like we were just ready for that riff to come in so like felt good playing it and uh the fact that i didn't have to work that hard just means that it was you know it was there to 
mess around with. So nice. Um, yeah, it's, it feels good when they just come through like that because you don't know where they came from, but you're glad they did. For sure, for sure. Now, uh, a- after a song like that, when you have that many streams and it's that successful and it's that big, do you find yourselves, you guys, like as a band, trying to recreate it? Or do you guys, are you like the type that are like, all right, push away from that. We don't want to seem like we're trying to recreate it. I feel like we try and, I mean, like, I feel like we try and analyze why it worked. Yeah. But it never works out. Like, whenever you try and (laughs) pick it apart, yeah, it doesn't, that's not going to ever yield. I still, I still don't understand why, like, that one, you know, is, is the, is the big one. Yeah. It still doesn't make any sense to me, really. I love that song. And, when we were, you know, writing it and, and finishing up and recording with it and everything, we were like, yeah, this song is super cool. Like, this is this is rad. But yeah. we didn't, definitely didn't think like, oh, this is going to be our top, like, 42 million. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> we crazy. definitely weren't thinking about that. It's like, <laughs> I'm laughing now yeah. just saying it because it's like, it seems ridiculous to me. Yeah. But yeah, we're never ever trying to recreate anything because you, you try to, that's never going to freaking work out, first of all. And like... That's also super boring. Yeah. You know, it's like you're never going to get that again as hard as you try to recreate it. And if you're just trying to recreate something, then you're not doing anything new or exciting. So what's the point of that on both sides? Yeah, for sure. So we're just always trying to do because all that we were doing with that was like having fun and like, oh, let's do a crazy time change. And like, this is a really like fun riff. And like, you know, I'm gonna write all the lyrics about how I love watching TV. Like, yeah, it's it's ridiculous. <laughs> so it's like that's all we were doing was having fun, like making music. So we're always just trying to have more fun and make more songs. When, and like, now you mentioned though, you you did, know, when when something catches, it catches. Yeah. Well, now you mentioned when you you didn't think that it would be that big. You you weren't thinking like, oh, this is gonna be our biggest song. What what song do you think? in the honey catalog is underappreciated like you think that you were super super like proud of and you don't know why it didn't catch on with the audience more with with honey fans that's tough that is a tough one hmm oh dude you got a stumped right now dude i don't know (laughs) we never i feel like we never have like the like we we appreciate every song in the moment and yeah. like this is awesome but it's never like it's never with the intention of like oh they're gonna love this one like that yeah. feels weird i, feel, <laughs> I don't know like it's more just like right. oh, this song feels cool like whatever so now so, so looking you, retroactively it's even harder i feel like every song will be the when you're writing it and about to you're loving out it stuff yeah is like yeah, you're like, this is the best song we've ever done. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's not always true. It can't always be true. Yeah. No, I, I, I get it. Yeah, it definitely. But if you don't if you don't think so if you don't think that, you're not doing it right though. You know? So, yeah. Whatever. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it's funny to me with some some uh songwriters, they get really focused on a song and just because of the amount of labor that they put on in it, if it's if it's a song that they had to work really hard and it wasn't an effortless song, they want more appreciation for that song they had to work really hard for, but usually it's not yeah. one of their better sounding songs, Even, but but they had yeah. to like sit there and craft it and hone it, and they were like, come on, 
somebody give me props for this song it took a long time like and then that's yeah. that's the weird part is it comes out and they're like oh that's not the one that people listen to okay well that's a little that's frustrating like so i always i, I love to ask that question because there are some artists that are just like why why doesn't anybody listen to this song it's there come on guys you know, like it kind of speaks to just like our creative process in general that we just go like oh you know if it's not coming like crazy if it's not coming naturally like obviously we don't just like force sit it there and yeah everything comes out fully formed but if it's not taking a natural course then we usually kind of like put it on the back burner for a mm -hmm. bit and move to a different song that feels like it's working better gotcha. and then come back to it because then you'll have the idea that really sets the ball in motion yeah i feel like sitting there and hitting your head against the wall in this day and age where there's we're not working on a time limit we're not recording the tape it's like yeah you know we're we're working especially now we're recording most everything ourselves at home it's like there's no reason to beat yourself up to try and get the song done if it's not working for sure move on to another one for sure that's gonna work and then you'll come back with an idea for that one later yeah yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, one other thing on Spotify. So I was I was cruising through Spotify, uh, taking a look at everything, honey. And uh, I came across the uh, quarantine playlist. Mm. And now that you said you were you were messing around with country, I feel like it was you, Jake, uh, that mm -hmm. I noticed on there. Is, I mean, it's fairly cohesive playlist. And then I came across Johnny Paycheck. She's all I got. Yeah, that and, was me for okay, sure. Okay, I was about to say, I was like, who's, who's throwing in the 70s country classic into these jams here? What's going on? So, okay, nice. Oh, that song is so good. It's a good jam, man. It's a good jam. Take this. Yeah. I, I like I like a couple of Johnny Paychecks. I mean, take this job and shove it, too, his edition. It's a nice yeah. one. It's a good one. So It's, it's so funny that, like, that kind of like 70s country or outlaw country is like i i love it but it's so far outside of my normal wheelhouse mm -hmm. that when a song now like comes to me like i only heard that song for the first time like maybe like last year the year before mm -hmm. and was like this is so great and for some people they're like what like that's my <laughs> you know like that's my dad or my grandparent and you know whatever it's their music like yeah. why why you think that's cool now but it's just coming into my life right now yeah. and has been for the last couple of years. And the songwriting is so smart mm -hmm. and so cohesive. It's just such a pleasure to pick apart those songs. So for sure. Well, for, for listener, I think listeners already know I've, I've told them a couple times, but if you haven't checked it out, the Ken Burns uh, documentary on country, it's just country music is the title of it. It's, it's nine, uh, nine parts long. Amazing. Yes! Amazing. It goes through all the way from oh, Jimmy. Yeah, it goes from Jimmy Rogers until basically Garth Brooks. It sort of stops off at Garth Brooks. That's like the, the end mm -hmm. end portion. But it goes through everybody. I mean, Jimmy Rogers and, and Johnny Cash and uh, Willie and, and Merle and, and uh, Waylon and, and uh, Chris Christopherson and his writing process. It's just so good. Uh, Ken Burns knows how to make yeah. a documentary. Amazing amazing uh, no kidding but uh i'm i'm glad you threw that country classic in there with everything else that was that was that was solid <laughs> uh now you guys just released uh two singles sort of here in the last two months you released sports with strangers and xbox lover um <laughs> now listening to sports with strangers those those lyrics when i listened to it 
they seem like a specific occurrence because like especially the the Reseda is a waste of concrete like i feel like a person said that to you jason did that happen <laughs> i mean it's kind of a it's kind of a mush of just like you know every every bad party with with hollywood rich kids that that we've ever been to mm, mm. um yeah just you know there's there's a lot of that that happens here yeah um and just like yeah, here, like, because we, we're all we're all basically from like the valley, and we we hang out there, and that's that's our like kind of unofficial like home base. Yeah. Um, and so like you know, people like people out here in like L.A. or or like rich Hollywood kids like to talk <laughs> the valley, and we're not we're not very into that. Yeah, I, so. I could see why you would take offense to that. Yeah. Yeah, it's like weirdly looked down upon, but it's like due to misinformation, so. Hey. It's just interesting to see like a closed off perspective like that. So basically that song was just a message to to people like, hey, maybe don't um, just <laughs> repeat things that you've heard yeah. because they're hurtful and uh, and incorrect. So it's it's been going on. I don't, yeah, it's been going on since Karate Kid, man. They look down on him yeah. because he lived, yes. he lived exactly. in the valley. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, come <laughs> exactly. on. Exactly. I learned I learned my I learned my LA culture from Karate Kid. Thank you, Karate Kid. Yes. <laughs> yes. Pretty spot on. Should, yeah. Honest, yeah. It's it's a awesome movie, man. Even I like two, but they lost me on three. Three, I don't I don't know where they're yeah. going with the three. The, two three was three was Hillary Swank. Yeah. That I mean uh, yeah. yeah, three was Hillary. I liked that one. Okay. That wasn't bad. All right. I, I that used to be on TV. I'll, I feel like that used to be on, like, they played that on the Disney Channel all the time. They did, When yeah. I was a kid. I feel like I've seen, I have seen Karate Kid 3 with Hillary Swank, like, oh my, like, 27 times. Yeah. It must be. <laughs> it must be 27 times. I think, I think it so was, like, that was the... Maybe, maybe I got Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> I think it was that thing that, you know, it was way easier to license that one and replay it. It costs more for the original, oh, yeah. so they were just like, you know what? Third yeah. one again. Do it again. Put it on there. They're like, whatever. You, you, you can have number three. Yeah. You can have number three. Play it again. Well, um, along with that, I, I don't feel like we're strangers anymore, so I can branch into the world of sports. So, uh, Jason, I noticed you seem to be a pretty big fan of the Lakers. Pretty huge Kobe fan. Of the Los Angeles Lakers, yes, yes. sir. Yeah, did you? Did oh, we you, got a. I got a. I got a game here. Did soon. You, we got a game today. Yeah. Did you? What well, did you watch? His? Did you watch the Hall of Fame induction this weekend? I actually, I actually didn't watch the video of of, uh, of MJ and Vanessa because I was. I didn't feel like crying, <laughs> so I did. I have not. I have not watched it yet. Yeah. But uh, but I'm I'm going to today. I'm I've been mentally preparing myself. Okay. Okay. You know, it is. I mean, sometimes because sometimes sometimes I get choked up watching highlights and stuff. It's, you know, it, 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 it's so in, like it's intense. I, I'm, I'm a sensitive guy. It, well, what, what's your? I mean, so let's stay on the positive. What what's your favorite Kobe moment? Who I don't know. Maybe Achilles free throws. Yes. Honestly, yes. like I think that that might be like what hit like out of all, all the crazy stuff that that guy has done. Mm-hmm. You know, like. Mm-hmm like being being a basketball player like whatever like i think that that is the most like kobe moment yeah. of all time yeah like you see guys falling down in the league right now just a little sprained ankle and 
and you know somebody's got to carry him off court and that guy ripped off. his Achilles mm-hmm. tendon mm-hmm. St- freaking stood up shot free throws yeah. and walked off the court yeah. like no- nothing gets more kobe than that it, so i think i think i'm going with that yeah i had a, i have it written down here in my notes it's either that for me or it's fing- finger pop back in place both of those just Ooh. i mean oh yes see like it's isn't that crazy how like it's, neither of those really have any. Those aren't like him playing basketball. No, I mean it's just the you know sheer, those, the these wheel. two moments. It's just the the intensity the that he played mental for. Mental power of this guy. And you know the amazing thing. Oh, yeah, I think that's more. I, I yeah, and I think that's what was more important to like about him than than his actual like basketball playing. I, I don't Mamba mentality. I, I don't know if you guys have ever read it, but uh, Phil Jackson's book, uh, Eleven Rings. You know, he talks obviously. He talks a lot about Kobe. He talks a lot about Jordan. And you know, I grew up idolizing Jordan. Jordan was my hero. Still is uh, amazing. You know. Oh yeah. And they, they talk about MJ. He talks about MJ and Kobe. And obviously, Kobe idolized MJ. And you know, that's what Phil talks about is he's like, both of them have this insane drive, but yeah. Kobe could turn his drive off. Like when Kobe left the court, he became a normal, fun guy unless he wanted to sort of activate it for something else. Jordan never could turn it off. That's why a yeah, lot of people yeah. saw him he as didn't... the turd that he was and just like the competitive <laughs> the competitive guy that couldn't let anything be dropped. Whereas Kobe I was just watching last night's SNL and they had the whole skit about him playing quarters with the security guard yeah. and like taking it way too far. Yeah. It's making me laugh. That's like the most Jordan thing. And I took, and I took ever. that personally. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. We we talked about that on the show for a long time after after the last dance. As far as just every single thing, I took that personally. So of course, I had, <laughs> it's so funny. And I mean, it, it, everything. And literally, he did. Like there wasn't anything he could let slide. But I mean, they were so on the court, just so similar in the fact that they just mm-hmm. weren't going to lose. Like, they were going to just... And the thing that really I love about Kobe is the last couple of years, he finally really took the team mentality to heart. Like, I've got to pull all of these guys up to where I'm at. And uh, he did a great job of it. And, uh, man, all-time great. Deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Fantastic. Legends. Fantastic. Uh, well, one thing I got to get back. Last thing here, as far as I got two other questions, as far as the band, um, you know, we talked about releasing these two recent songs of Sports with Strangers and Xbox Lover. Uh, how many songs? I mean, I know a lot of bands made a lot of songs over uh, the pandemic, and then some had like some trouble actually getting music flowing because they wrote off of events. And they didn't really have any events going on. Did you guys get a mm. lot of, of writing done during the pandemic or no? Yeah, that, we that, might, be an, that, that might be an understatement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, our, to, together with all of our demos um, in, ju- in the first couple months, because we all just were, we, we didn't see each other after, after we all got out of the van, mm-hmm. you know, when we were on our way to start that tour and then decided to came back home. And then it was like the next day, the um, 
they they canceled the NBA. Yeah. So it was like we were we were right on it, and so um, we yeah we all got out of the van, went home, and none of us saw each other for I don't know what like two months or something like that at least. Yeah. And um, so um, yeah, we were all just writing at home, and I think between all of us and our demos, we had what night. 94, <laughs> 94 yeah. demos, Goldie. Yeah, or something like that. Yeah, you know some of these songs. Some of these songs are, are are twenty seconds long. Yeah, you know they're just little snippets. But yeah. then some of them are three minutes long, and they're whole ideas that that we fleshed out. So, yeah. man, we we went through all all like ninety four of those and picked the like you know thirty that didn't suck, <laughs> and then narrowed it down again, and then narrowed that down, and then narrowed that down, and started recording the ones that we thought were actually pretty good nice so. <laughs> nice now uh, for for releasing the ones that you've got in the pipeline is it sort of an idea of releasing singles as you go does it seem like more like a singles game than a than a full album or are you guys playing a full album our mentality is that we're gonna just have a steady stream of content and songs and videos and interesting things coming down the pipeline and then a collection later nice you know like yeah. i i think that right now um for us it doesn't really make sense to like push to put out a full album and then be on cycle because it's everything has been so up in the air about scheduling and yeah like it's everything's been tentative so we just kind of plan to like have stuff constantly be coming out and yeah. have it be fewer more frequently than a big chunk and then you gotta wait forever yeah yeah i like i mean i i think it works with with the way music is consumed now anyways you know um i always feel bad for albums that come out and songs are underappreciated on the albums just because it's so much for listeners to take in of you know 10 songs They're like oh too much i'll listen to the ones that have the the highest streams. There we go. Okay. Right. And that's then you And like, you know, we we have we have just as short of an attention span as, you know, the listeners do too. Yeah. You yeah. know. So it's like we 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 like putting stuff out like this. Like just being able to like concentrate on just one song for a month or so and then just boop doing another one and yeah. like that's where everything goes to and it's like uh, we think that that's really fun, for sure. you know, for us too. Yeah. Yeah, now uh, keep things it, like fresh and exciting for on our end too. Is is there one coming out pretty soon? Can we expect a single coming out pretty soon? Yeah, we'll have another one. What top of June, I believe. Nice. Yeah, first week of first week of June. I think. Very nice. Yeah. Well, that that is where I'll leave it on honey. And now, if you're ready, Jake, we're gonna do Ooh. some Prince quiz. We're gonna do. Okay, Jason. If, if you want to jump in, you can. If he, if he needs I, help, you can am, jump in. If Jake is worried about not passing this, I'm like, you know, I'm a guaranteed fail. <laughs> yeah. But we'll see. If, we'll, see. We'll, who knows? Maybe I might have a little, a little something, something. Okay. Now this. Help you now, now, Jake. This goes over all music career and a couple life things about Prince. Okay. So, so we'll, we'll. How many see. questions am I looking at? Of course, seven. It's seven. Okay, seven. perfect. <laughs> wow. Okay, here we go. Incredible. First one, okay. along with writing songs for himself, Prince wrote chart-topping mm -hmm. songs for other artists. Which of the following songs did Prince 
not right. Not okay. right. So A, the the Bengals, Manic Monday. B, Tony Braxton's hit, Unbreak My Heart. Or C, mm-hmm. Sinead O'Connor's hit, Nothing Compares to You. Tony Braxton, Unbreak My Heart. Nice. Well done. Yes. Yeah. One for one. He's already the champion, folks. He's already the champion. Yeah. Nicely done. Now the pressure's off. You already got one. Wow. Now, there Feels you go. Good. Feels there great. You go. Okay, so number two, what was Prince's first number one single? Hmm. A, 1999. B, Little Red Corvette. C, okay. Kiss. Or D, When Doves Cry. Hold up. Run it back for me one more time. What are my choices? A, 1999. B, okay. Little Red Corvette. C, okay. Kiss, or D, When Doves Cry? Uh, I believe When Doves Cry. Nice. Two for two. Nice. Wow. Nice. Wow, thank you. Yes. 1999 was uh, number 12. Didn't reach number one. Uh, came I was going to say, I didn't think he hit How? number one on that album. Came, okay. And then Little, Little Red Corvette was number Corvette six. Yeah. And then yeah. Kiss was number one, but that was 86. So that was after. after yeah. Yes. Nice. Yep. Man, look at that process <laughs> of elimination over there. Nicely done. <laughs> Multiple choices helping me out for sure. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. we got a true or false here. This next one's true okay. or false. True or false. Okay. One of Prince's songs was one of the reasons that Tipper Gore started a campaign to get parental oh, advisories. True. Oh, true. Didn't even didn't true. even have to finish. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Darling Nikki. Darling Nikki. There it is. She was disgusted <laughs> by the lyrics of Darling Nikki. Nicely done. Nicely oh, done. Okay. One of my favorite facts ever. It's uh, amazing that I'm like that was. I yeah. mean, you know, it. I, I guess it's pretty gross, but you're like, okay, when you get. I mean, yeah, like, come on. Now, now, yeah. when I've got a song called Throat Babies out, come on, you can. Yeah, it's not not that bad. Um, no. Okay. I, I don't know what that. I don't know what that is. <laughs> Check I don't it out. I don't know. I've never heard. I've never, I've never heard that. Song. It's all right. Check it out. It's a pretty good song. Um, I forget who the artist is. Now I feel bad that I can't remember the artist. I'll find it out. Um. Okay, number four. Here we go. This is a Prince, uh, I guess, life fact. How tall okay. was Prince? A, 4'10", B, 5'2", C, 5'6", or D, 6 feet? C, 5'6". God, D, or B, 5'2". 5'2". 5'2"? Yeah. I was like, yeah. no way, that's too... I know that he was I short, know. but that is short yeah. that's short very Dang. he was wow. and just so amazing that he was good at basketball at five two like i mean he was <laughs> he was a baller on his my on friend, his varsity uh, team like a little muzzy you know yeah recently sent me the photo of him on the day that he beat charlie murphy like from the actual day nice uh it's pretty funny to see. <laughs> and charlie's laid out on the ground they like pose for it it's great <laughs> Okay, how uh, number five? So we're we're now three for four. Still good. Still Prince okay. champion. Don't worry. You need to get. We can get last three, and oh my God, you'll still have six out of seven. It'll be amazing. Uh, how many instruments is Prince listed to have played on his debut album? A five, B ten, C twenty, D twenty seven. 
that's that's just a matter of how many instruments were used are on yeah he's play, exactly he's he's playing all of them mm, that's true come on folks that is true i will i will count that as half correct he does he does yeah. play all of them how many oh, man i'm guessing i'm this is a blind guess because i honestly don't know i'm gonna go with c20 27 27 27 I, I know knew it, it had was to too be specific of a be. number. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's doing he's doing analysis now, multiple choice. No way, those yeah, were all. That's crazy, dude. Twenty seven. Now, now I will. Yeah, I mean, you I go can't back. Even name twenty seven instruments. Well, I was about to say, you go back and you look at some of them. Some of them are like you know hand claps. So it is like yeah. yeah but I mean, still. Uh, every like basically every sound was all him, and there were twenty seven different instruments that were played insane absolutely insane that's wild okay six what was prince's last number one single hmm. so a the most beautiful girl in the world b mm-hmm. seven c cream d kiss i think it was i don't let, know if it hit let me roll through them again the most beautiful girl yep. in the world B mm-hmm. seven C cream D kiss. I think it w- was it kiss. Mm, cream cream no, cream. No. That was, it was between those two for me. Ninety one yeah. ninety one. So 91. the most mm-hmm. beautiful girl in the world was ninety four, but it was 94. they got to three. Didn't get all the way up yeah. to number one, and then seven. I, I wasn't sure if cream hit it. Dang. And then ironically. Seven was seven. I found that really weird. That was yeah. as high as it got. Was <laughs> That's cool. That's great. I like that. And then Cream was number one, and then Kiss was number one, but it was 86. Yeah, so, 86. There we go. Now, this one, I'm almost positive. You can end on a high note on this one. When, okay, please. When Prince Save famously beat Charlie Murphy in a game of basketball, <laughs> what did he offer him to eat after the game? A gumbo, B pizza, C pancakes, or D parfait. <laughs> C pancakes. Yes, yes. <laughs> Ended it with a high note. Four out of seven. Wow, there you go. Passing grade. I like it. Very nice. Thank you. Well wow. done. Game. Blouses. Game. Blouses. Yes. <laughs> Very nice. Now you can go. I love it. You can join in the Pantheon. Uh, we have, so far, we've done that uh, quiz. We did it with Rush. We had a huge Rush fan in Crownlands. Their guitarist was like the biggest Rush fan. He embarrassed me. He like answered every question before I even finished it with Rush. Oh, and I was just wow. like, "Good lord, man, I'm going to have to go back and like get a PhD in Rush before I can ask you another quiz." Yeah. But it's okay. Some you, of the you know, chart positions stuff. Chart questions are definitely that amazes me. I mean, the first one that you got yeah. right with with uh When Doves Cry. That I mean, yeah. I, there's no way I would have got that right. I mean, those that was just a that was just a little deduction there. I had to figure <laughs> it out, but, but not that, as easy. Well, you know, the last one a little bit harder, yeah. a little bit harder on. Yeah, it. but hey, you passed the exam. You don't have to go to pr- you. you don't have to go to Prince class. So you you've passed the, <laughs> you've passed the course. You can continue to call yourself a Prince aficionado. 
That's that's it. I appreciate it. Your your plaque is in the mail, yes! so it should be there. <laughs> should be there soon. But uh, that is it, folks. You now have a new Doc G Prince champion, Jake Goldstein, right there, right there. Wow. Uh, thank you. Yes, yes. Jake, Jason, I want to thank you guys though for coming on the show. It has been a pleasure talking with you guys. Yeah, we really yeah, appreciate it. Been a lot of fun. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome, guys. Well, listeners, you can check out all things Honey at HoneyTheBand.com. Stream them on Apple, Spotify, everywhere else. Follow them on social medias at HoneyTheBand. Right now, let's take a listen to Xbox Lover right here on the Doc G Show. And we are back here on the Doc G Show. Boom. Honey, right mm. there. Jason and Jake. There it is. Thank you, fellas. Thank Jake, you for coming. Jake is the new Prince Quiz champion there of the go. Doc G Show. Yes. Yes. Until we have the next person. Now, I'm pretty... Well, I mean, they got to get over four out of seven. Now, yep. I'm not I'm not saying that's an easy task. Nope. No. I, I was very impressed by his his number one ability to uh, to get that. Uh, now I'm True. pretty sure, Dave, you could get the the uh, the the Dave Chappelle reference. You knew that they were eating pancakes. You knew that. You knew that. Nope. No, I didn't. You knew that. Don't <laughs> okay. lie. You knew that. Now, uh, listeners, of course. You know what me and Dave did while uh, while the music was playing. Mm. We looked up the menu. Of we, course. We had to look up one of the menus. Now, we decided to go. Now, we obviously, you heard four different choices there. We went with Jason's choice of the Mediterranean. I was feeling it right now. Jake, don't be offended by that. We love your choices, and we will yes. get to them eventually. We were just looking at Ms. Lala here. And uh, mm, 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 Dave, mm. what was what was your choice? Where are you going? I'm I'm either going Greek grilled octopus mm. or the tiger shrimp kebab. Oh, I like it. I like it. Now I was talking about this Moroccan fried chicken right here. Ooh. Yeah, how could that be bad? Ooh, with uh, I don't even know how you say it. And maybe it's a harissa aioli. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it doesn't even matter. You're no, nah, it doesn't it. matter. I'm gonna put it in my face hole. That's what's gonna happen. It's gonna happen yep, right yep, now. Exactly. And then that crispy broccoli. I bet dirty. you that crispy broccoli is money. Ooh, I love me some crispy mm. broccoli. That's some good stuff, you right there. You love raw broccoli. I don't love it, but I'll eat it. I'll, I'll eat it super fast, <laughs> listeners. If you haven't seen yes. it, been eaten super fast. It's on the Instagram. It's on the Instagram. It's the most I'm scrolling. It's the most viewed post of all of our Instagram posts. So yes, sad. Uh, anyways, thank you to uh, Honey for coming on the show, Jason, Jake. Hopefully next time you are in Florida, you can come hang out in the studio. It would be Let's fantastic. Go. We would appreciate it. Okay, Dave. Totally. Um, speaking of food, now that we've gone over our meals that we'd have at Ms. Lala's, it's time to go mm-hmm. on to our newest segment of the Doc G Show, which would be the Doc G Top 3. Yes. 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 Now, uh, since uh, we hadn't done one in a while, I think the last one that I did that was food-related, I don't want to get too foodie, you know. I think the last food mm-hmm. one that I did on this was the uh, Best Burgers. 
I asked DeMarcus what his top three burgers he had ever eaten were. Well, I have decided to go no, another food route this time, and we are going the best three in grocery store ice cream mm-hmm. that you've ever had. What are your three go-tos as far as ice creams, both flavor and brand of your ice creams? So, All right. Let's so, start with number three, Dave. What do you got? So number three, mm-hmm. I am a big caramel guy. Oh, um, that's that's like one of my go-to toppings. Okay, for really, really anything, but definitely wow. ice cream. Nice. So when Ben and Jerry's came out with the salted caramel core. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it's just the crap ton of caramel in the middle, and you get, you just get a, a good ratio with vanilla ice cream every scoop. For sure. Oh. Oh, it's mwah. That's it. Delicious. That's it for you. Okay. Yeah, I well ma'am. surprisingly, I've got a Ben and Jerry's too on the uh, on the number three spot. Got a Ben mm-hmm. and Jerry's on number three spot. Now this is a classic for me. Now uh, I, Dave, am mainly just chocolate and things mm-hmm. revolving around chocolate. That's pretty much what I go with. And one of my favorites though for them, Ben and Jerry's half baked. Classic. Oh. Classic. Oh. So Love freaking it. good. That's right. Yeah. It's, I mean, the cookie dough, so awesome. The brownie, awesome. Just delicious. Delicious. So that's my number three. What do you got number two? Hmm. All right. Number two, I kind of went a little curveball here. Not really too far off. Okay. But have you ever had um the, t- I don't know if you had a Talenti? Talenti. Yes. Gelato. I did raspberry cheesecake. Wow. I freaking love cheesecake. So the Talenti gelato yeah. with the cheesecake crumble in it, and it's got the raspberry for a little yeah. bit of tart. Yeah. Mm. Nice. Is that some good stuff right I there? I like it. I like Dave. It's crazy. Now, listeners, just so you know, we didn't do this, but I got a Talenti on number two. That's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I got Talenti vanilla fudge cookie. Oh, oh yes, yeah, oh. that's good. That's oh, good. it's killer. It's it's rich though. You only need yes. a little bit, and you're just like, no, oh, that, that I'm set. That, well, because you know the Talenti, they're a little smaller. They cost a little bit more. Yeah, but, but you get your money's worth because that'll last you a little bit there. Oh, it's good. It's good, man. Okay, number one. What do you got? Three, number one was your number three, Ben and Jerry's half baked. Oh. That is my go-to. Yes, I, I love cookie dough. So, you know, you got yeah. that. You got the brownie in there. Mm-hmm. Like, if mm-hmm. I'm going anywhere, if I'm getting a blizzard, I'm getting cookie dough blizzard. Yeah. If mm-hmm. I, you know, I just, that's my, like, the topping. Yeah. Um, other than caramel that I'm just like. Did, did you uh, ever, did you ever do the, uh, at, uh, at movie theaters, the, the cookie dough bites they used to have? Yes. So yeah. I, I would have those and sometimes I'll do like where I buy like ice cream and I'll put them in there too. Oh, I'll, Wow. Yeah, really go oh, yeah. all out. Wow. Oh, yeah, man. Man. Man, well, okay. So my number one, this has been, I've been doing this one for a long time. And I came I came about this one by going to their shop and getting the milkshake first. And then mm-hmm. I reverted back to the own, just the ice cream. Haagen-Dazs double oh. chocolate, uh, or double Ooh. Belgian chocolate chip. Wow. Yes. Yes. Now Can't I go wrong with Hagen does. That's true, man. I swear that double Belgian chocolate chip has crack in it. That's a fact. You uh oh. Uh oh. Ha- 
you have a milkshake made out of that ice cream, and it literally you just keep coming back to it's it. The best, like, it's the best milkshake for sure. You're like, how much is it? Who, do who I have makes any left? It? Where, where do you get the Hagen? I, I, I can't remember where I've had them, but I know when that says like what made with Hagen Dazs ice cream, mm. you know that gonna be awesome. Mm. Well, I actually, I mean, when uh, when I've got them, it's just from Hagen Dazs. Like back oh, in the okay. day when I was in when I was living in Miami, I just would uh, me and when my me and my brother would go to South Beach. There's a Hagen shop, and every single oh. time, boom, boom, and talk about talk about price. It ain't cheap. No, it ain't cheap. You got to be rich to get that stuff. What? I went poor on that crack ice cream. That's what happened. <laughs> But it's okay. It's worth it. It's worth it. There it is. Listeners, what's your top three ice cream? Top three. Give it to us. Yeah! Somehow. Put it somewhere. Put it on SoundCloud. Put it on Instagram. I don't care. List it wherever you want. But tell somebody your top three. Give it to them. I'm that interested was to hear, three. man. We've got, I mean, me and Dave, we had we had brand crossover. We had we had type crossover. There was a lot of crossover going. We, we like good. the same stuff. We got You got good taste buds, Doc. It, it was good stuff. It was good stuff. I agree. Uh, okay, Dave. Last birthday suit. You ready? Let's do it. Let's get two out of three here. Okay. Born in Memphis, Tennessee on May uh -huh. 19th. Oh, I didn't give you, uh, I'm going to give you 74%. 74. Okay. Uh, born in Memphis, Tennessee. Yeah, yeah, okay. Born in Memphis, Tennessee on May 19th, 1981. Our birthday suit wearer found his love of music at a young age. Uh -huh. He started releasing independent albums by the age of 14. From 2000 uh -huh. to 2006, he released four independent albums. The uh, Dope Game 2, The Rap Game, Self-Explanatory, Life, and Back to Basics. Uh, then our birthday suit wearer finally released his ma major label uh, debut in 2012 with Life mm -hmm. from the Kitchen. In 2013, it released I Am, which reached number seven on the Billboard charts. In 2016, it released The Art of Hustle, which reached, uh, reached number four on the Billboard charts. Mm -hmm. And in 2017, he released I Still Am, which reached number six on the Billboard charts. In 2020, mm -hmm. he released Untrapped. He's best known for his singles titled Down in the DM, Rake It Up oh, with Nicki Minaj, and put a date on it featuring Lil Baby. Name that birthday suit wear. I I think down in the DM is Yo Gotti. Yo Gotti is correct. Let's go. Yes. Oh, man, I pulled Nicely out. done. He, he has he has like a distinct voice, so down in the DM like had me. I just had to think of that name. You did. Yes. You did. Yeah. You, sometimes he was with was he was with Lil Wayne for a little bit, right? Young Money. Uh, he may have been. He may have switched over there for like a while. He was on a if lot he, of their stuff. If he was, it wasn't long. I can tell you that. I can okay. tell you that. But uh, he, he he's moved around, and of course okay. he he likes to do collabs. You know, does all kinds of collabs. That's for sure. Yeah, but, he, uh, I feel like he was like he was on some like DJ Khaled stuff and whatnot. But down in the DMs was his first number one, first and only number oh, okay. one. That was All his right. number one single right so there he's on the Billboard charts. So 40 this 40 year? 40 years old, Yo All Gotti. All right, Yo Gotti, happy birthday. Yeah, it's a good thing that he's not young Gotti because he wouldn't be able to say that anymore. Yeah, so. right. Yo Gotti works. <laughs> Yo Gotti, happy birthday, man. Enjoy it. Live it up. Uh, okay, Dave. 
Got to tell you about a couple of great shows. We got a couple of them. We got a couple of great coming up. I'm very excited about Missio coming up on the next show. They're Heck fantastic yeah. out of Austin. We got Dave and Matt, the two big players in the band, coming in to talk to us. Can't wait to talk to these guys. It's going to be very entertaining. Very excited about this. Now, I can't actually, I said I got to tell you about the shows coming up, but after that show, after next week's show, it's a they're, mystery. They're a little bit in the works. Okay. Uh, I don't want to jinx it. We got a couple that could be really good. Don't want to jinx them. Sure. But, but trust me, listeners, good stuff. Good stuff. Now, we're going to have to wrap it up. Until next week, I have been your host, Doc G. With me is the guy that is probably going to be here. Who knows? Decades. Decades. It, it could be forever. It could be forever. We don't know. We're not going to. We, we don't. We didn't put a ring on it, but it could be forever. Who knows? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Dave Burles, Berlin. Have a wonderful Wednesday, guys. Another awesome show. Yes. Thanks again, Doc. Yes. Had a good four years. We'll keep it going, man. Keep it going. Keep it going till the wheels fall off. Until next week, zip it up and zip it out. Zippity doo dah. <laughs>